الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعض فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Last week we spoke about some particulars concerning uh, niya or intention. And I know that we're all aware that uh, our deeds are based upon the niya. And uh, we talked about this uh, a little bit last week. Of course, everyone knows that Rasulullah sallallahu stated that innama al-a'malu bin-niyat that verily deeds are according to their niyyah and we mentioned last week that um, there's a missing word in this statement uh, there's a not a missing word I should say there's a hidden word and this hidden word is debated amongst the scholars so yes deeds are by their niyyah but what by their niyyah are deeds rewarded by their niyyah? Do deeds exist according to their niyyah? Some scholars have made the argument that this statement means that deeds are rewarded according to their niyyah. So basically, if a person um, doesn't have the niyyah, but performs a certain set of acts, the acts will occur and produce their result, but the reward won't be granted. For example, let's say somebody wakes up in the morning and quickly jumps into the shower They're not thinking at all about wudu, but they're just thinking about getting to work. But in the process of taking a shower, they wash their arms, they wash their feet, they wash their face. Obviously, their head gets wet. So based on the fact that they've completed the essential components of wudu, their act of wudu will have occurred. They will be able to pray. They will be able to read Quran merely by having jumped into the shower. But the reward of wudu will not occur, meaning they will not gain the rewards that are associated with wudu uh, as an act of worship in and of itself. So what does that, what, what does that mean? That means that deed, the deed occurred, the deed occurred without the niyyah, but the reward did not occur without, the reward did not exist without the niyyah. There's another subset of scholars that argue that no, This statement, deeds are according to their niyyah, doesn't mean that they're rewarded according to their niyyah. It means that they don't exist without a niyyah, spiritually. So what does that mean? If a person jumps into the shower in the morning and is thinking about getting to work and washes their arms and washes their uh, face and washes their feet and wipes their head, then it doesn't matter. They will not be in a state of wudu because they did not have the intention. So the act did not give its spiritual benefit, period. Forget about reward, the act doesn't even exist spiritually. So, and you'll see this as a debate amongst the scholars, and I'm giving a very superficial overview of this, but we talked about this as an introduction last week, that deeds are, that the niyyah is essential, both essentially for the reward, but also in order to 
bring the deed to its maximum effect. That was an introduction, but the point that was made last week was that the niya not only needs to be made, not only does it need to be checked and rechecked because of the essence of the niya, but also we highlighted that it's important that you come into gatherings where the niya becomes associated with other people who have the same niya. Because when you put niyas together, when you put a bunch of people who have the same niya together, it effectuates the niya and brings out the maximum power of that intention. So again, when a group of people get together and they all have the same intention, it maximizes the power of that deed and provides the, provides the most reward. For example, a um, person, person wakes up and prays Turaka uh, of Fajr alone at home. So they made a niya and they prayed Turaka of Fajr. They recited Surah A and then Surah B in uh, the Turaka and they prayed their prayer. They received a certain reward. Now that same person, he prays in the same room, but instead of praying alone, five other people join him. So when five other people join that individual, now a jama'ah is formed, and when a jama'ah is formed, the reward goes up. Or that same person comes into the masjid where a whole community of people gather together with the same intention. And when a whole community of people gather together with the same intention, the reward even goes up further. Now, what was the difference? The difference in the first two examples, the place was the same, the salah was the same, the recitation was the same. The only difference in the first two examples, whether that person prays at home with one person or five people, is is the fact that when you have five people, all of those niyas come together. And when a whole bunch of people get together with the same intention, then it maximizes the effect of that of that deed. So this is something that we have to recognize that not only do we struggle to make a niya, and not only should we struggle to make the proper niya, but we should also struggle to bring ourselves in the circumstances where we are with other people who have the same niya. Because by getting together in those types of gatherings, we maximize the effect of our deed. So this was something that I talked about last week. And you can review that last week if you have some questions about that. The goal today is to highlight another angle of intention. And that is that, maybe I'll start with the fiqh perspective and then talk about the spiritual perspective. From a fiqh perspective, everybody in the gathering, and there's some debate here, but I'm just going to take one angle for a minute. From a fiqh perspective, everybody in the gathering has to have the same niya in order for that gathering to occur. But and we talked about that. But more important, just as important, the niya has to be the same as the imam, particularly for the ahnaf. So, for example, if the imam stands up in the masjid and is intending to pray the dhuhr prayer, and a bunch of people are behind them then those people have to also have the same intention to pray the Dhuhr prayer. You can't have a different intention than the Imam. Again, according to the Ahnaf, but I'm just highlighting a spiritual principle here. So what that means is that not only does everybody in the room need to have the same intention, but they have to have the same intention along with the Imam. 
So in what we would say in the spiritual context is that everybody has to have the same intention along with the teachers, along with the scholars, along with the mashayikh. And that's important for achieving a goal. So for example, it's very important, and you know, I've been talking about this topic over the past few months, but you know, we talked in multiple instances about the benefits of a teacher and the importance of um, understanding the purpose of having a teacher. Um, in today's context, what I, in, in the context of today's discussion, what I want to highlight is that it's important that the, that the sheikh and the students have the same niyyah. It's important that the sheikh and the students have the same niyyah. And we have to be very clear on that niyyah. So, for example, when somebody makes an intention to develop themselves spiritually, they may have, they may have uh, varying intentions. One person may say, I want to develop myself spiritually so that I can, I don't know, I want to feel ecstasy. I want to um, see dreams in the middle of the night. I want to... Um, uh, I want to be able to read people's minds. I don't know. People have the funniest types of intentions. But we should make thing, one thing very clear. On the path of spiritual progress, the intention is to achieve the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to avoid the disple- displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the intention. And if people have any other intention, but it doesn't match that intention, then they're in the wrong place. If people have any other intention and it doesn't match that intention, then they're in the wrong place. Every few weeks, um, you know, there'll be a group of people that will be interested in uh, developing themselves spiritually, and we save up the emails and save up the phone calls, and eventually we get to a point where we have, we have a meeting with those people every few weeks. It's usually a phone meeting. And um, one of the questions that's always asked, why are you interested in this? Why are you interested in this? And if the person says to me, oh, I'm interested in this because I want to elevate myself and I want to be able to feel good about myself, and I say, well, you know, I don't know, we need to talk about that. Or if the person says, um, you know, I read the stories of this sheikh and that sheikh, and I want to be able to experience that. And I say, you know, that's, I don't, I don't know if that, we need to have a conversation. Sure, those things are possible, but, but the intention, our basic intention is to preserve the essence of our deen, to do the things that please Allah and to avoid the things that displease Allah. That is our goal. And that comes through only one way. That comes through following, uh, but, but bringing the sharia in our life and following the sunnah of Rasulullah So that has to be the intention of every person that wants to travel on this path. Now, this is the historic intention. This was the purpose of this path all the way from the time of Rasulullah It had different names. It had, it, the science had different names. It wasn't maybe codified. It wasn't so formalized. But the reality is that the goal was always the same. The goal was always to be able to follow and uh, to, to enact those things that are pleasurable to Allah and to avoid those things that are displeasing to Allah. 
So if that intention does not exist in an individual, and that is not their primary intention, then it, it will be very hard for them to be able to get the benefit of the gathering because they're not matching the intention of the imam. Just like if a person walks in here and everybody's praying maghrib and they decide that they're going to pray fajr, their act is not going to provide the benefit and they're not going to receive the maximum reward. They may not even receive the, 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 the deed having occurred, depending on the circumstance. So this is, the, this is the second point that I wanted to make about niyyah. I have one more point, I'll make it next week. But the first point was this point of making sure that every, you get into the gatherings of people who have the same intention because when a bunch of people are well-intentioned and have the same intention, they're able to achieve the maximum from their deed. And just as important is to make sure that you join the gathering where the mashayikh or the imam has the same intention as we do. And that intention is very simple. It's not to sing songs. It's not to make ourselves feel elevated. It's not to make ourselves feel comfortable in our zone and, uh, you know, to not to, 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 you know, show how good we are and avoid having to change ourselves. We have one straightforward goal. It is to know what is pleasing to Allah, to know what is displeasing to Allah, and to see ourselves in our true light for where our weaknesses lie and how we can achieve that goal. We're not here to make excuses. We're not here to pat ourselves on the back. We're not here to claim how much we've achieved. We're here because we know that we need to make the next step forward. And the only way that we make the next step forward is to define the path and to understand our weaknesses and to understand how far we need to travel. So everyone needs to have that intention. And it's when we have that intention that then the deeds get unified and then we begin to achieve the maximum benefit of the gathering. So we ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are able to find the gatherings of the people who are seeking him. And we ask that he make us among those who are able to find the teachers who are able to guide us to him. Wa akhirat da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.